about what I can do to, to make myself feel happier and those types of things. Uh, however, this is very contradictory to the example that Jesus set for us. So as Christians, we're asked to voluntary, voluntarily walk a different path, willing to let go of all earthly things uh, for the gift of love as described by Jesus throughout the, the Bible. So a couple of the kids and John have talked about Bob, uh, Chef Bobby. Uh, so he talked about how he was pulled out of his addiction and I guess, you know, he had, he had hit rock bottom. He was, you know, doing a lot of things that he probably shouldn't do to, to find money to be able to pay for drugs. And uh, so it was just, it really hit home. I was in his kitchen for, for the entirety of the, the time that we were at Father Joe's. Um, he has children, he had a wife, he lost all of that, he lost his home, uh, you know, he stole, did whatever he needed to do to, to be able to, to uh, get that addiction and to get his fix for that day. Uh, at one point he said that he was spending about $600 a day on his addiction. Um, you know, coming from a homeless background, I'm pretty sure that would have been pretty hard to do. Um, that's a lot of money to spend on something that, you know, wasn't really doing anything for him other than trying to fix where he was hurt. You know, thank you, thanks to Jesus, uh, he was pulled out of that. He loves cooking. He's cooked his entire life for his family. He has no formal training, but he took his gifting to help prepare food for those people at Father Joe's. And as I said, he prepares, you know, when he's in the kitchen, he's preparing about anywhere between 21 and 300 or 3,000 meals a day to feed the homeless in just his kitchen alone. So part of what I was doing in that kitchen was helping him prepare food for the meals that were coming up and myself and the team that was there. So Shauna was in there with me as well and, and Santana was in the back helping us prepare these. And in the time that we were there, I think the second day, we ended up getting him about three days ahead of his cooking schedule by preparing food for him, which, um, you know, that was a blessing for him because it was something that he wasn't sure that he would be able to do. He gets these intermittent staff coming in, he doesn't know what he's going to get the next day, so just to be able to allow him to have freedom to do some other things in, in the facility that he needed to do. Um, one of the things that he did do to leave Father Joe's was that he was actually a tri-tip chef at Petco Park and just felt this calling from God that, you know, this wasn't where he was supposed to be and he found this position at, at the homeless shelter of Father Joe's and so he took a leap of faith, went into the kitchen, and hasn't looked back uh, since that point. One of the biggest things that I found and probably one of the most influential moments that we had with Chef Bobby was, I can't recall if it was the second or the third day that we were there, but Chef Bobby had given John some money for us to be able to go out and buy coffee for all the hard work that we had done. And the amount of money that he gave us was, I considered to be pretty substantial because I know even the gift that he gave us, I, I would have had a hard time giving that in, in good faith, but knowing where he was coming from and, and just where he was at, he just felt that he had to give this to us and um, he had a good conversa conversation with John and just about his faith and um, just how he was growing in, in God's trust and, and those types of things. So uh, today I'm going to talk about Luke 10. 25 to 37. So this is the, the Good Samaritan passage. I know we've talked about it in the church in the past, um, but I'm going to read through, through that. So verse 25 in Luke, and behold, a lawyer stood up to him, or stood up to put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, 
what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he asked, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan... As he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to, the inn, to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So, loving like Jesus requires us to do two things as described in this passage of scripture. One, we need to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And two, love your neighbor as yourself. So I saw these things in leaps and bounds in the last two years that with, the, with our serve adventure. Uh, first going to Winnipeg, we... We served, we saw lots of growth, we saw some children come to faith in Christ uh, from the, from the uh, week-long camp that we had, and just even seeing the growth that's within our youth group and, and the faith that they've come to, to have in, in, in God. So, this brought me to thinking about how I kind of live my life, so... I mean, I come from the big city, I've seen homeless people lots of times, I come from a family that's maybe not so well off, but, you know, better than, better than most, and the question that dawned on me is, have I, ever, have I ever walked by a homeless individual who was asking for help and turned my head or looked down as I walked by? And I can honestly say, that's pretty much what I do every time that I walk by somebody that's homeless. I start thinking of excuses, like, well, they put themselves into that situation, uh, you know, they're not working hard enough. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. And this trip really allowed me to kind of restructure how I think of those things um, with respect to that. So Jesus calls us out on our way of thinking. We are to be over generous, over generous with the gifts that God provides to us. So whether it be financial gifts, our possessions, our time, everything that we have has been given to us by God's grace. In turn... He commands us to multiply those gifts to help further his kingdom. So if we have something and we see somebody with need, we're asked by God to give those. We actually walked into the story at the beach. Uh, one of the biggest moments that I had out of that was we actually, while we were barbecuing, John and myself were at the barbecue cooking all the chicken and hadn't had anything to eat yet. And a gentleman came over and had a plate of food. And it was Syrian food and we had never tried it before. And he started offering food off of his plate to John and myself. And it's pretty, <laughs> it's very different when you're taking food off of somebody else's plate. I think he had one that was kind of half eaten. And he says, no, no, here, have some. And so we partook, being 
the, the, the kindred spirits that we are and just said, you know what, we're going to go in head first and he's offering it to us, so we'll, we'll take it. And, you know, one of the important things there was just the fact that there was that language barrier that Jessica was talking about. We didn't understand what he was saying. However, fortunately, we actually had a few of the a few of the Syrian boys that were there that were allowed, were able to interpret and tell us what we were actually eating and nothing nothing terrible. It was all good stuff. So nothing that we wouldn't have wanted to eat. Uh, the next thing we talked about was the safe park. Uh, so I took a few different things away from the safe park than maybe some of the other kids did. So I know in, when we went to Winnipeg, my... My adventure there was very different. I kind of took on more of a hands approach in the serving ad aspect, so, sort of like what Connor was talking about. So I would do things and, you know, was doing, doing all those things and wasn't very intentional about trying to develop relationship, I guess, with, with those people that were around me. We did have a couple of, I did have a couple of those, but not, not as much. So I was really intentional this, this trip to, um, I guess, come out of my shell and be more communicate more with the people that were around me and try to find out and to show God's love by the way that I was acting, the questions that I was talking to them about, the things that we were discussing, finding out, you know, finding out about those people. So the things that I took away from the safe park were um, the level of gratitude that these people had for, for what, they were, what they were getting from us. I mean, it wasn't anything major. It was, it was a meal. You know, yes, we did bring, bring them a basketball net, but it was love and friendship. And, I mean, you've, you've heard about that from all the all the youth kids. Uh, the difference that was made by the attitudes that everyone had, serving and loving them just as Jesus expects us to. One of the things that happened the first evening they were there, which kind of spurred on us going to, uh, going to the safe park on the 1st of, Ju of July for Canada Day was at the end of it, kind of when I was doing my cartwheel there right after, we had all gathered as a group. We were praying and some stuff that had been told to us as a group was that they had never had another group come in there and serve like we did. Everyone kind of came in and they would bring food and they would serve it, but they didn't really interact with the people that were, were in the community. And, you know, kudos to our kids for, for the job well done there. I mean, they, they went above and beyond and really enveloped themselves in that community to, to get to know them and to show them God's love. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are football fans, but there was, uh, there was a gentleman there that was a San Diego uh, Chargers fan, and he was wearing an Antonio Gates t-shirt, and he had come through the line the first night, and I said, oh, you're, in, you're a San Diego Chargers fan, hey? And he kind of grumbled at me, and I said, oh, you like Gates? And he, he kind of walked off and hid in, the, hid in the back there that night. So it was nice to go back the second time, because I was intentional, and I went to him, and I was like, hey, how's it going? And... Um, it was a very different response that I got that second time by going back to him. So he, he had had a bad week. He had been razzed about his team because, you know, the San Diego Chargers are in L.A. now, and he was pretty mad about that. But um, so, you know, they, people were telling him that, oh, you can't be a Chargers fan anymore because they're not from San Diego, they're from L.A. and all these things. But it was nice to see that, you know, his, the change in mindset when I came back and talked to him the second time. He was very receptive. Recept he received that very differently the second time. Um, you know, he's same situation. I mean, I was employed, unemployed during this downturn in the economy. You know, he's an IT tech trying to support his family. 
He wants to see the best for his family. He's no different than many of, many of us. And, uh, you know, he's just working hard to try and, try and make that happen. Uh, a couple other gentlemen that I met there, the second evening that I was there, uh, Rob, who's a Vietnam communication officer, war vet. He has PTSD, difficulty gaining financial uh, assistance from the government to be able to get housing and just there's a tons, tons of bureaucracy in the, in the back end and so he was having a lot of troubles with that so I, I spent some time in prayer with him and, and yeah, just, just to get to know him and to learn, learn about him. Uh, we had the picture of the, the vehicle that was in the, that was in the safe park, the, that green truck. So Demario is the father of six kids who live in that vehicle and uh, he's been unemployed uh, just again trying to support his family you know they're it just really really set home you know how get how lucky we are here and the things that we have and just that you know God asks us to be those people of of giving and loving and and showing that attitude of, of serving towards others um one other thing that I had noticed while we were in San Diego is just the difference in how people kind of associate with one another. So um, everyone's courteous. You walk through a door, everyone says thank you. Everyone is, you know, just a, it's a different mindset down there. Everybody's appreciative of the little things that people do for one another. Um, Shauna and I sat down and had lunch with an Army Fire Department vet at uh, an In-N-Out joint. So there's a picture of the In-N-Out burgers on here as well. Um, so at first it took a little bit to kind of, to get them to talk and, you know, we found some common ground and, you know, we learned that he had met his wife at Toys R Us. He was a security guard there. Um, he had, she had had a prior, a, a child prior to them getting together. He had met him when he was about two years old. He's nine now. So he spent the last seven years with this, with this child, just developing him and, you know, being there as a good father figure, um, and just the joy for life that he has, you know, I mean, I can only imagine what these guys have experienced, especially in, in that, in being in the, being in the army and the, in being veterans of war. So over the two, past two years, our serve adventure, God has put into perspective what is really important to him, especially in my life. Loving people by intentionally putting myself into situations that make me uncomfortable and showing love to those that I normally would not. So... Many, this is pretty uncomfortable for me. I'm not used to preaching to a bunch of people. So I'm putting myself out there, which is, which is awesome. Jesus is doing this, so it's good. Uh, Jesus focuses on our relationships and how we should love each other. Uh, so I just, you know, the thing that I want to impart on you guys, I guess, from what I experienced is that God has exciting experiences for each of us every day whether it's at work, with our coworkers, a restaurant, walking in the park, or at the grocery store, all Jesus asks is that we take a step towards the mess rather than the easy path around it like the priest and the Levite did. So be intentional in the relationships that you're trying to, or the, the relationships that you, that you see developing in, in those areas of your life. Trust Jesus. He'll, he'll show you where to go. He wants us to love everyone and that's really, really what Jesus asked us to do is just to love everyone, to, to show them that love, serve other people, and just, yeah, just be there for them. That's all I have to say about the message there. So I'd, I'll do a little bit of prayer. Um, so just want to thank Jesus for uh, the adventures that we got to take with, the, with our youth 
Uh, just thank you for John's vision in all of this, for leading us down the wild and crazy path that we did. Uh, we have lots of things to remember for a life, lifetime. Uh, just thank you for the serving attitudes of our youth. Thank you for showing us how to love those around us. We just ask that you would continue to continue to refine our hearts and to refine our lives and just help us to, to follow the will that you have for us in our lives. So there was a few things in there that we probably didn't show you, so we've got a little bit of a slideshow to uh, show you some of the more, some more of the stuff that we got to do on our serve adventure in San Diego. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's about it that I have. Love is an ocean, you can drown me. The sweet embrace, the lovely taste, I taste the sea. I'm unembraced, the place to be. It means I'll never need an umbrella. I'm cool in the cold, in the hot weather. Whether or never I ever understand I'm a man in the hands of great plans. I stand with faith there in the life I never know to touch. Instead, I stop a clutch, but I'm like, what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? Live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'm a living to death. So what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? And live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'm a living to death.
Just a couple of thoughts before we wrap up. I just want to say uh, a huge thank you to you, the New Life family, for coming around the serve team over the last couple of years and supporting this, uh, this dream and this idea and this vision and uh, your, your sacrifice of, of your finances, the contribution of your prayers and, and showing up and, and just really supporting us means the world to us. And so we just want to say a big thank you to you, the New Life family, for coming around the team. It was, uh, it, it was because of you guys that we were able to have this life-impacting adventure. So we just want to say thank you so much. Um, I want to say thank you to the leaders, uh, Jessica, Tim, and, uh, and somebody who is not here, Shauna. Shauna, the, uh, our leaders just did an amazing job, and I got to learn and be impacted by each one of the kids, but especially by the leaders. Uh, my wife, Jessica, always reminds me that I need to smile and have fun. Uh, and that is very important. We're not just here to, to work, but we're here to have fun as well. And uh, Tim is, uh, well, I, I gave Tim the nickname Peter uh, because Tim leads with this loving, impulsive heart. And when Tim sees a need, he just goes for it. And, uh, and so I was so thankful to get to get to know Tim better. And Shauna was so much fun to hang out with. And I, what I learned from Shauna is that to Shauna, there is no no such thing as a stranger. There's only future friends. And uh, it was so awesome to just hang out with, uh, with the kids and the leaders. And so thank you, leaders, for sacrificing so much for these kids to make it happen. Um, one last thing. Uh, I have a picture, the very last picture. There we go. It's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to read, so I'm going to read it for you. It says this. The question is not whether we will be extremists. But what kind of extremists will we be? Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? This picture was taken at the foot of a monument on top of a mountain called Mount Soledad. And the, at the end of a day of prayer, we went up to this mountain and we prayed for San Diego. We prayed for refugees. We prayed for hurting people around the world. And I thought it was really cool that at a monument that was meant to honor fallen soldiers, instead of the monument being about them, the monument was about sacrifice. The monument was about promoting the ideals of love and justice. And so Tim asked us this question. He put this challenge of how are we going to love people like Jesus? At the very end of our first serve team meeting, we read this portion of scripture together. It's from um, the book of John, I believe. I, I apparently deleted John 13. And it's right after Jesus had washed his disciples' feet. He said this, when he had washed their feet and he put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for, uh, to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. To, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. This whole idea came about not as a missions project, not as a, a building. We weren't trying to take the world by storm, but what we were trying to do was to learn how to look at other people the way Jesus does. To learn how to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
in every single moment of every single day to learn how to walk into the good works that God created for us, his masterpiece. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your humility that you would come to this earth that you created and you would show us how to love with perfection. Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross, you laid down your life so that we could have a relationship with God. Lord, how amazing that is. And Jesus, we praise you because you were not conquered by death, but you rose from the grave. It is by your power, Lord Jesus, that we go out into our community and we love people that are different than us. It is by your grace that we see people who we uh, may be afraid of or make us feel uncomfortable and we can love them the way that you do. Lord Jesus, it is by your example that we can love one another, wash each other's feet, and do it for your glory, Lord. God, we just thank you so much for this morning. I pray that it was a celebration of your goodness and that you have done great things in our lives. Lord God, we thank you for who you are and for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One last thing before you leave this 